This is episode number 468 with Andre Paradis. Men and commitment, it's the opposite of what you think. I'm excited to get into this conversation with Andre. We started talking before we even recorded and it's like the heat is on. So, uh, I'm Sandy Wiener. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe that it's never too late to go on your last first date. And if you want support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book just for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with stories, tips, exercises. They're all designed to help you step more fully into your value on your journey to love. And you can find it on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And this week's tip from the book is step number 29, listen to understand. Oh my God, we are so bad. <laughs> Andre's shaking his head. <laughs> We yeah. listen to be known. We listen so we can talk. We don't really hear. And man, if we could just just listen and try to understand the other person's point of view from their position and not only ours, that would change so much. So my challenge to you this week is to just pause before you talk when you're speaking to somebody and really check in and make sure you're understanding what the other person is saying. I can guarantee you it's going to change all your relationships. And before I bring Andre on, I just want to invite you, if you're not already a member of my fabulous Facebook group, Your Last First Date, join us over there. Women Over 40, this is the place to be. We are a positive, forward-moving group. We are highly moderated we do not allow victim mindset. This is a place to grow and you don't get anywhere by complaining, which is the, what you're going to find in most groups that support single women. It's just, oh, dating sucks. Yeah, you're right. Oh man, he's a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, hate him. Hate men. Look, <laughs> you don't get anywhere with that kind of talk. So my group is not that. It is a place where you come to grow and learn. And Andre's like, yes. <laughs> So let me bring on Andre. He is uh, has been studying people his whole life. He about a decade ago he was compelled to teach the things that he found out, his findings and his knowledge to the masses. He is a coach, he's a teacher, an educator, a mentor, a public speaker, and he's an expert in dating and love, parenting and business, all the good stuff. The magic, he says, is to be fully aware of the energy mechanism in place in these dynamics and to learn to negotiate the terms to reduce power friction. I love that, this whole power play. Andre has been married for over 20 years and he's the proud parent of two teenagers. And if you can still be proud and have two teenagers, that's a good thing. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Andre. Thank you so much. Good morning. <laughs> good afternoon for you. Yeah, so uh, we had Andre on the show many years ago and I loved him so much, I'm having him back. We always have a dynamic conversation and um, we're going to get into things have changed. I mean, certainly since we've had you on and relationships have changed, dating has changed. And why, why is it so hard now? Like it, there's, there's a lot that's difficult. The problem that I used to see between men and women in a relationship 10 years ago is very, very different the way I know. I know I'm sure you notice the difference as well. Back then it was always like, the difference between men and women like women wanted to connect more here how do i get him to talk more i don't know what's going on with him you know he seems so like disconnected and try to pull him in to pull him in you know that was the the difficulties like how do i how do i how do i wanting more connection 
And and for the men, it's more like, oh, she takes everything personally. I can't tell her anything. I can't, so I can't, I can't, I stop, you know, I get everything I say. It's, and how many times did I say, it's not about you. Yes, it is. I can feel it. It's like, but it's, so like the confusion was always the, the, what was coming forward at me. And about a little bit, from my perspective, about a little bit less than 10 years ago, there was a tidal wave. That's what it felt like, a tidal wave. <clears throat> Or different problems that weren't men and women related in our differences. It became this power freaking thing where, you know, it, and it's some of it is really good. It's just got so overcalibrated from my perspective. So, you know, the past 40, 50 years with the feminist movement, we empowered women, you know, strong, independent, powerful, strong, independent, powerful, you know, that the whole purpose was you know, equal pay, equal price, equal opportunity, blah, 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 equal opportunity, equal opportunity, which means you have more choices, not stuck in the 50s, equal opportunity. Fantastic, right? Fantastic. And then, but now, if you, if you really look into the movements and what it's become, is because it's, it's an anti-male program, literally. It's a man-hating program. Well, how's that going to work? I mean, just, like, just sit here for a second with that, like, How's that going to work? You can't say I hate men. You can't say I hate dating. You can't say they're all, they're always, they never. It's over. If you, if you, this comes out of your mouth, men never, they always, they, 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 it's over. And by the way, men say the same thing, right? Where are the good women? They're all freaking bleep. I can tell you the adjective they use is ridiculous, right? But it's not by accident. You know, it's always been difficult, but this last 20 plus years has been the worst. So, by, from my perspective, it's difficult because. We empower women, which is great, and then we kind of soften the men, right? Because we're thinking if men are like, if they're the dangerous ones and the rapists and the cheaters and the, bah, right? The, they're too, they're too uh, cavemanish, if you want, right? They're not sensitive enough, so we have to bring them down and make them sensitive and sweet and talkative and vulnerable. And, the, and I, I get it, right? The, the idea makes sense. It completely makes sense, right? If it's been like this for centuries, well, let's do this, right? To, to equal, like equalize the, the, the field. So, you know, more opportunity for women. You could be a CEO, you could be a mom, great. And then we get to, you know, bring down the beasts so they're not so dangerous. That's not working. It's actually the worst thing that, that's ever happened because we didn't do this, we ended up doing this. So now we raise women. Seriously, this is the problem from my perspective. I, we raise women to be strong, independent, powerful, but we used to raise men that way, right? And we raise men to be sweet, sensitive, vulnerable, talkative, show the feelings, you know, lean back, be passive, be patient. Well, that's a girl, genetically. You know what I mean? Like we still are genetic beings. We still have, you know, human bodies that work in a certain, you know, um, with a certain system, operating system. So men are testosterone driven, right? The brain, the fuel of the brain, the body is testosterone. It makes them compelled to behave as, by the way, the Dr. John Gray, Mars and Venus, the past 10 years of his research, I worked with him. The past 10 years of research is all about chemistry of body. You know, why do men behave this way? It's based a lot on our chemistry, same with women. Estrogen affects your brain, your thought process, which it motivates you completely different way than testosterone does. So really nobody's misbehaving. We have machines, you know, that for the past 
two and a half million years of, of, of adjusted or come to, have come to adjust and the, the whole instinct, the whole dynamic is all about survival. You know, men are stronger and bigger physically so they take care of women, they're smaller and weaker. Women give life. So when they're pregnant, they're vulnerable, men protect. The baby's born, men protect, men feed, men shelter for their offspring to grow. Like there's a whole natural everything in this. But now we flip the script where women don't need men, it's fine. But if you're, if you're the man, <laughs> where's the man going to fit? Right. So this is what I'm saying. We flip the script thinking it's better. And what happened is instead of like kind of meeting in the middle, we went too far the other way. So now the pendulum is all the way over here. So men basically have learned to not be manly, to not, to not go for their lives, to not be... Um, see, for a man, a, a man to be healthy has to go build his character and push through his bullst bullshit and you know, build his character, conquer his fears, find something you know, big to do in the world and go do it. That makes him feel like a man. That makes him feel powerful. And in that, they want to share that with somebody. The men who have big plans in the world don't do it for themselves. They, they do it because they can, that allows them to be able to support a woman. They want to share with a woman, most of them. Like they're like, that's the plan. I, I get to build all this, not for me, because power in itself or, or success on its own is boring. You want to share with somebody that you could like spoil and then support the kids. That's the whole plan. Make men who have big plans are the ones who want to commit, are the ones who want to have families are the ones who have wives they do everything right they pride themselves in keeping everybody safe they, they they push and they defend everyone in their realm those are the good men right so but when men are soft and they don't have any sense of themselves because they can't they haven't conquered their own fears their own selves their own character they haven't built anything and they stay soft those are the emotional ones who lose their temper because they're still testosterone filled so they get upset at a drop of a hat and they snap. And these are the guys who are dangerous. So it's not masculine men who are dangerous. It's the lack of masculinity in men. And now in our culture, we make them by the truckload. We soften men, soften men. We shame them out of being masculine. You got to be sweet. You got to be soft. It's not working. And then women are like, where are all the men? Well, right. <laughs> you, fl you flatten them out. And the men are like, where are the women? They're like, oh, disrespectful over the top controlling shitty straight up is what they say shitty you know um they don't want them so now we have this divide <laughs> the size of a grand canyon you know as opposed to a crevice anyway so that's what i see the difficulties in that culturally. yeah so i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of this um i have seen a lot of women who think it's a weakness to need a man and be feminine, to, show, to be feminine, right? To be feminine. <laughs> Problem number and, one. Well, so there are a lot of women who have been on their own for a very long time. And so I think what we're talking about is really finding a new balance because it's not about women going back to being the happy housewife who just, you know, sit and, and be passive. And it's not about men overpowering women and just being like a caveman and hitting her over the head with a club. I think there's a balance. No, no. No, it's funny because I, I hear this all the time. So you wouldn't take us back to the 50s? She'll just wiggle my butt and, you know, they dumb it down. <laughs> right. and make, is that what I said? That's not yeah. what I said. It's, that's yeah. nothing, not even near anything I said, right? There's an old way that was like no choice. 
or no choices. There's a new way you have all the choices, but that's not working either for anybody. Yeah. Women, are, women are less happy now. The past 15 years, there's data on this. Women are less happy the past 15 years that they've ever been in the history of mankind. How is that possible? You have all the choices. You can eat. Well, that's the problem. Right. So there's a modern way that I'm talking about somewhere in the middle. It's all flexible. It's all negotiable. There's no like right way. This wasn't working, but I'm telling you, this is not working either. So there's a modern shift. And OK, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. I mean, we have the Me Too movement. Some men are afraid to make a move and women are afraid to make a move because then they'll be seen as too aggressive. We had this conversation actually in my in your last first date in the Facebook group that a lot of people are still bringing old beliefs into the dating world. And so there's this this thing men have to chase and women have to act completely passive and so they're playing all these games and then we have the whole sex thing and you know when should a man have sex and what if I don't want to have sex on the third date and so it was interesting because my moderators three out of the seven moderators were talking about how in their relationships and they're all in healthy long-term relationships they all initiated sex and they did it like on the first or second date and they're and one of them is married happily married the other two, one is getting married this fall. It did not change the way a man respected her or didn't respect her. And so we we also have a lot of beliefs we have to look at that we're carrying from 50 years ago and from a lot of bad dating advice. And so I want to dispel some of these myths and let's let's talk about what is the answer because we, we don't want to go to an extreme. We went from one to the other. Yeah. What's the middle ground? Where, where are we now? The middle ground is everybody's got their ideal, you know, and what they want. So uh, there are women who are more aggressive, whether it's by lifestyle, childhood, no daddy, bad daddy. We know this, right? So when you don't feel safe as a little girl, you have to man up to protect yourself. Now, it's a fantastic natural instinctual uh, defense mechanism, right? Except 20 years later, you can't connect with anybody because you've managed to box yourself up and shield yourself in this shell that you can't get through. And so where women have been on their own for many, many years, circumstances, not their fault for most of them, those are all my clients, not their fault, but that's what happened. So how do you take down the armor? How do you take down the walls? So you could actually be vulnerable because, and I say this like left and right, up and down, and it takes a little bit more than a one liner to explain it, but factual in my world that unless Nothing happens between men and women without vulnerability. And men won't start it. So <laughs> when you become very, very manned up or shielded as a woman for whatever reason, and it's not your fault again, if you can't get vulnerable with a man, he can never connect with you. And so that is a problem, right? So you have to, you do the same work, right? We start with the clients, you have to get the luggage you know, their baggage off of them. Because their past, you know, if you want a healthy relationship, you have to unpack your crap, you know? So you show up clean. Otherwise, you're going to project all your stuff, all your daddy stuff, all the past guys, all the cheat, all this horrible stuff that happened to you on this guy who <laughs> maybe completely opposite. My last girlfriend before I was married was one of those. She lived, we were together nine months. She never met me. She had no idea who I, I never, she, she never met me. 
That was a projection of all the crap that Shiva dealt with. That was one of those things of the penis that you can't trust. So every day I would get this stuff that had nothing to do with me. And eventually it was like, we weren't even fighting. It was more like the things that she was assumed that she was afraid of that I was doing. And I'd go, oh, what? What? Like, that's not what, what? You know? And eventually I got so pushed against the wall so long. There was like no point. Again, we weren't fighting. Part of it is she never let me in. Mm -hmm. That vulnerability piece I just said, she would never, she was so guarded that she was terrified of really emotionally letting anybody in. Nine months into it, living together, can't let me in. So I literally find myself, by the way, this is another instinctual thing with men. I find myself feeling unemployed with her, Mm -hmm. right? A man needs to feel needed. A natural male, not a boy. In my world, there's three types of men. So there's a whole different distinction, right? But a, a man needs to be needed with a woman. He wants to feel like a man. He wants to be providing, protecting. He wants to be the hero. He wants to help. I want to say it again. He wants to help. He wants to help. He wants to help. <laughs> Let him help. If he doesn't help, like my, like my ex-girlfriend, she would, she would, she, I'm a car guy. I'm a car guy. I collect cars. I have old cars. I fix cars. I owned a body shop years ago in you know, Los Angeles. I'm a car guy. My entire family, I couldn't help her with a car. Oh, no, I got a good mechanic. I'm like, I'm the mechanic. <laughs> like, I can't even help her with her car. You know so she had me blocked in every way because she was scared. I get it. Except after nine months, I was unemployed. I started, helping my, I started helping my friends and the people. She get all mad. Like, How come you don't help me? I'm like... <laughs> I'm trying, you know, and eventually we, we just kind of faded out. And then she was devastated because anyway, so her inability to let go and be vulnerable and trust that having a penis is, I mean, everything you experience is going to come back at you, clean up your baggage. Anyway, so that was an interesting phase of my life. Like I started to understand so much more that I could be a good guy all I want. If it's not clean on the other side, I'm just, I'm just dancing with myself. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Mr. Tom. No, did I go off? I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I mean, this the vulnerability piece, I think, is the answer. And I think that no matter what you're saying, that women are the ones who need to start the start the vulnerability. I hate to say, I hate to say, but it's true. I mean, I, I I just completed work with a client who was so she was so guarded, and she would get into conversations on dates that were about politics and ideas and and there was nothing sexy at all and she'd be like this is what I like talking about and I go but you're not sharing any of who you are this is all it's like a work conversation you're having colleague to colleague conversation and it's like so you know I did I did my TEDx talk on it's called I used to live my life as a Tootsie Pop and it was exactly about this I shielded my heart from all those years of pain and I didn't realize why I was having such a problem finding a a husband and I had become a tootsie pop like hard on the outside and soft on the inside and and my softness on the inside was also just I was unformed I didn't know who I was what I stood for (sighs) when you can strengthen who you are inside then you can release all of those layers on the outside and I always tell women it's like you don't just tell them hey just get vulnerable because it feels like you're walking <laughs> off like a tightrope without right. a net. Off so, the edge of the building. Exactly. It's, scary. it's, it's scary. very, very scary. It's really scary. scary. Don't just take the armor down. You have to do work first. So 
What are the steps that you take women through to be able to release the armor? We find out what happened in childhood. Like we go right back to the little five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? The, the, the injuries, we all have injuries in our childhood, but, but some of like really drastic, right? Sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, like stuff like this. And again, a little girl who doesn't feel safe as a little girl cannot grow to be feminine. She has to guard herself up. It's like, again, it's a natural mechanism. It's fantastically uh, efficient. But 20 years later, you can't, now you can't be vulnerable. You can't let anybody in. And a big problem that I see is also is that women that have been damaged as little girls by life, their parents, their fathers, their lack of fathers, whatever. Again, they have to man up to survive. It's, you know, um, never... I've never encountered felt daddy energy. Daddy energy is different than the guy you see on the street. The guy at work, right? Men have typically two worlds. You, lady, women don't. Men have two worlds. There's a guy, as a, the guy working, conquering, pushing, fighting to provide for himself and his family if he does. But when he comes home and it put, they put Lisa in the car, you know, most men have this daddy energy, right? To be the, the nurturing, masculine nurturing in the house. The national merger, you know, typically from, from 10 years, women will take care of the kids when they're little because you need so much, uh, you, you're so good at that. You're so much more patient than we are, right? You take care of the little ones with all the logistics of the little one's stuff that makes us crazy. But like, typically you know, at, about, at around 10 years old, the daddy step into raising the children in the second phase beyond that part. There's a lot of nurturing in that. There's a lot of it. Let me show you how to do it stuff, like for boys and girls, like the safety and security to, for, the, for the young man is like role model. For little girls, it's feeling safe with a man, understanding how to connect emotionally with a man that you love so much, your daddy, right? So if you never had that as a young girl, you don't, know, even, know, you don't even know what it looks like. You, you can't feel it. You, your heart can't attach to something it didn't know. So you literally on your own, I, I, and I hate to say this, but I have to say it, that when you're broken in that way, right, all that's been developed in you, even if you're a woman with ovaries and looking like a woman, physiologically, physiologically a woman, you're a man in a woman's body. And so in that body is only half a person because the other half of you who never got developed, nurtured, and able to even come out and be able to do the dance with men. So a lot of these women, my clients, when you're stuck in your masculine, you have no idea what being feminine is because it was too dangerous and not important to survive. Right? Get the man up. Not only can you not recognize, you know, sensitive, warm daddy energy in men because you've never had it. You don't even know what that is. You, you get the men at work energy men in the world energy, which is aggressive and big and pushy and get out of my way because I'm going somewhere. And you're like, oh, look, they're shadow. They don't care. They're, you know, unloving. Well, no, that's been at work. <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> but daddy, anyway. But with that, they, they, they're so, these women are so masculine. Now, again, not their fault, but energetically, this is nature. Everything I teach is not my opinion. It's nature and science and chemistry. Nature. That if you're stuck in your masculine, energetically, like two magnets, you will attract a feminine man. And this when your life goes down the toilet. This, every one of my clients, you, could you think you're a badass. You could be proud of being a badass. Sometimes you're a badass by default. It's an accident like life. But if you stay there, you will attract feminine 
sensitive, sweet, don't want to work, you know, proud of you, go girl, you know, get the promotion where he's on the couch, spooning the dog, smoking a joint, you know, writing his music. And by the way, they always have a girlfriend. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Because when you masculine with a soft man, you become his mama. And very, very quickly, within less a year or so, a year to a year and a half, the sex stops. He was mother. Nobody wants to have sex with a mother. And for you, the one who's, you don't have sex with your son, but like when women say to me, I have three kids, these two and him, everything's upside down. It's a problem, right? So, yeah. mask, so feminine men, by the way, is the same thing. Feminine men, which is now 30% of our population, 30%. So these are men that either been shamed to be masculine or never actually had role models. Same thing. When you don't have a father, what do you role model after? The same thing when little girls don't have a, I don't understand daddy energy. They don't like it's foreign. It's completely foreign, right? So young men not having a role model to be able to develop like a man respectfully, properly with the proper use of force and power, right? There's a whole, somebody, somebody has to teach them because if you let them be, they're kind of beasts, but the daddy will teach you that son too much. Ease up, pull back. Well, no, no. It's not about, right? Right. So, so young men need role model, but, 70%, the single mother rate in our country is insane, right? So young boys have no role models. Young girls don't feel safe. Houston, we have a problem. And yeah. that's what you're seeing out there, right? So with that is what I'm saying. You know, these guys stay soft. These guys don't man up. These guys don't know who they are. Don't, these guys have no role model. These guys, they're insecure. They're, they don't, they work. If they manage to work, it's fantastic. Most don't want to work. So what, same thing when a broken woman is half a woman, because all she is is a masculine person in a female body, broken young man or broken man, a grown man who've never developed their masculinity. They're, they live their, their lives through their feelings like women and they do nothing. And you know, they're sweet, they're sensitive, they talk a lot. You know, they want you to support them. They want you to make them feel safe. They want you to do the work. They want you to make them keep, keep, keep them comfortable. They do nothing. So if you get stuck at any feminine, this is what you get. All my customers, the same story, one after the other, one after the other, thinking there's got to be a, a good one out there. But if you're masculine, it's what you attract, like two magnets. So yeah. how do we depolarize? So that's the work that I do. And I, I realized just now that that's the question you asked me. And I yeah. just <laughs> 15 minutes later, I get here. <laughs> no, it it all makes it sense. No, but you totally, totally get it. I, and I, I think it's not just about single parents. It's, it's a, yeah. there are many... Course, People who grow up with a weak father or an overbearing mother. Uh, I mean, I grew up like that. My, yeah. my father had mental illness. He was bipolar, couldn't hold a lot of jobs down, got, you know, moved around a lot. And my mother was like this driven, highly educated and very emasculating with my father, which, yeah. you know, I grew up thinking my mother's this powerhouse and my father is this weak person. And I was looking for the opposite when I got married and I ended up marrying somebody who I overpowered <laughs> well, um, yeah. because I didn't, I didn't know myself well enough, but um, when we had crisis, he fell apart and I just stepped up and did everything. And so you, you realize that first of, I mean, there's, there's a lot of nuances to this, you know, it's, it's, learning who you are, but it's also learning to ask for what you want, it's learning to accept help. 
I tell women to lean back and let a man show up um, because they lean in more and more. I'm going to plan it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take yeah. over. And it's like, how does a man show up and do what you want him to do if you're always doing it all? So I think, you know, there's a lot of wisdom to this. I know we're going to get a lot of pushback on this because there's a lot of women who do not believe any of this. That's um, fine. But then, yeah. So call us in 10 years. Call us in 10 years. <laughs> that's what happens. I say. Go ahead. That's fine. You don't have to believe it. Just that as, this is what we do, but we don't know. It. Okay. All right. Well, talk to you in 10 years. Yeah. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. There's another thing that uh, I was thinking about as you were talking, and that is that uh, I know of a particular case where a young woman grew up in a home where her parents got divorced when she was very young. Her father is similar to my father. Um, has, he suffers from a lot of mental illness and yeah. um, and the mother is overbearing and the girl is looking for a daddy and yep. when she finds a daddy she doesn't want him so she's very confused it's like oh. I want because she wants him to kind of save her but then she's not attracted to it because she doesn't know who she is and she's so confused you know so and again have you encountered nope. yeah. that as well Absolutely, because you're right. There's a million different ways that we're injured and different, different react, you know, reaction to the injuries. Yeah. Um, what are you talking about? Is that called it giving a man a daddy bill? You know, some some young girls when they had either no daddy, bad daddy, alcoholic daddy, schizophrenic, bipolar daddy, like there's no safety there. This it's always the same mechanism though. Like yeah. if you don't feel safe, you got to do it yourself. You become manly. Now, if you role model after mom, who's also has to be manly because daddy's a, a noodle well that's mom has no choice either it's the same thing i'm talking about like it's you have to have one of each in every relationship mm -hmm. always and regardless if it's an accident or life choice you want to be the man you're going to attract a girl you know you're stuck with a man who's a girl you're going to be the man like it's always the same so it's reactive and the kids are watching and mm -hmm. if mom role model sometimes the, the boy will role model after mom and become very passive little little girls who never had and didn't have a good father or lack of father will throw on man either the you're going to be the man you're going to be the daddy that i never have that's called a daddy bill or i'm i'm going to show you what a good daddy should have been they're both <laughs> manly right but so one is like completely unreasonable like he has to do everything right everything right but he she has he has to love her the way she never was loved and she will insist on it he can't win right it's completely <laughs> over unreasonable she's unreasonable unreasonable demands unreasonable right and eventually a guy who wants to be a man and provide and be the hero will 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 if that's what she wants she knows she wants you you know if he's a man he's going to try to until he realizes like this is a one-way street like he gets like she's right daddy bill terrible thing daddy bill the other way which is by the way with the rest of all of us do men and women this is interesting psychology psychology is that <laughs> 
you've seen that people always attract their daddy or their mother. That's humans, just human brain. We don't attract what we want, we attract what we know. And then we try to, now that we have a guy just like our daddy or a girl who's like a mommy, right? As adult, we're gonna teach them to be the right daddy and the right mom. So right. we track exactly what we know, <clears throat> and then we go after them to fix them. And this mm -hmm. is always a disaster, right? So again, the whole thing is dismantle, leave your baggage behind, find ways, there's a ton of ways to like psychologically fix and clean yourself off because unless you know what you want, not reactive to your past, not reactive to men, not reactive to women, not throwing all your stuff on them, you know, with that attitude of, you know, waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, oh, no, he's good now, but just wait. Like, this is all, you know, subconscious stuff. It's, you know, and then you go disaster, 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 disaster. And then you think, this is the part that I hate the most. This is the part that's... It's that I watch women with all the love in their hearts. They want companionship. They want love. They want to be able to relax. They don't want to carry the load of their lives all the time. They, not, they don't want to work less. They want to love more. <sighs> they want to breathe, but they're like this through life because they have to be the man. And of course, not knowing any of this for most, attract a boy who says all the right things in the beginning. And he's charming and he's sweet. And she's like, oh, I knew they existed. I knew I could find a sweet one, right? But he's soft and he's high and he supports her with a career, you know? And it, by the way, this happens typically really quickly. Within a month and a half, you know, he moved into your apartment or your house because, you know, his landlord's a douche, you know? And now he's driving a car because he can't afford to fix his. So now he's driving your car. He borrows money. He says he's going to pay back that he doesn't. You know, like this is always the same thing and but he's sweet and you know you know and you feel you feel good that somebody is paying attention to you and you like connecting within six months you wonder what the hell happened to your life <laughs> right he's he's completely taking advantage of you you, you get nothing back he's you're his mama you take care of him he's in your apartment he drives your car he's on he goes so he leaves you with a dog when he goes with his buddies for the weekend camping and you're like camping you don't even work Right? They're allergic, allergic to work. They'll work just enough to get unemployment or workers' comp or hurt themselves. I'm fascinated. They're so clever. They'll hurt themselves. They'll throw themselves down the stairs at work and claim a, a back injury and now workers' comp for a year. They're amazing. They're really clever. They don't want to work. They want you to work. So again, there's 60,000 ways to do this. My point is they're charming. They'll con you. They'll step into your life. You'll think you have, and then six months later, you know, what the hell happened to my life? And now you can't get rid of them, right? So that's not working. <laughs> so the idea of unloading your baggage so you could actually be clean as a woman, knowing that you're valuable, you're important, you actually are lovable, unlike everything that the, your life might have taught you before, because actually that's a problem. If you don't feel that you're lovable, you get a little needy, you get a little... You know, any little bit will be good enough for you. As in a boy, no. Like boundaries. And you said that earlier, right? Boundaries. Like, but you have to really be clear that you actually are lovable, that you deserve it, that there are good men out there, that you have to let go of your baggage, but also learn to be slowly, learn to become vulnerable and open up to the possibility because there's still 70% of men out there who are good men. You have to avoid the 30%. All right, well, those are good numbers. And you've seen women, you see other women that have these relationships. They're out there. 
you see them and you long for them, clean your stuff up. Get somebody like you, get somebody like me, get somebody to coach you through your stuff so you can get on the other side, you know? And I, I have, I don't know if I should say this, but I don't really believe in therapy, classical therapy, because it's lay on the couch and talk about how you feel for three years and there's no real fixing or, you know, for most, right? It's like, talk about it, but the coaches will take you on the other side, you know, keep you accountable, give you some tools, follow you up going, oh, you're doing it again, you know, catch your blind spots, get back on track. What did you do this week? Like there's an accountability. There's like there's, there's like there's a coach, right? The like, same way Kobe Bryant had a coach. You think Kobe Bryant's coach said, you know, have a party, drink all you want, to, 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 you know, tonight before the game because no, right? There's the training regimen, the food, the sleep, you know, the 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 ice bath. Like just like if you want excellence, you get somebody to watch you and guide you to, to excellence. That's what we do, therapists. Mm-hmm. I know. Anyway, not to this though, but. <laughs> My yeah. point is, my point is, you got to clean yourself up. And if you really want it, you know, if you really want it, it's out there. You know, right. men are not the problem. Thirty percent right. of men are the problem, but you have to be able to spot them. <laughs> and spot, spot the good them. ones. Yeah, and spot the good spot ones. them and clean, show clean, up. Show up differently. Clean yourself in, in up your and life. show up right. like, exactly. Did that just go off again? <laughs> I go off. No, <laughs> so uh, now it's an interesting conversation. I, yeah. I. You know, I, I did not respond well to therapy myself. I don't, I think there is a place for therapy. I think that no, if right. you do want to do this work, you need tools and you, you can't just say, go out and speak up more, go out and be more feminine, you know, access more of your vulnerability. What's People need to know what right. does that look like? Right. 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 How does that sound? And, and there's a lot of confusion around vulnerability. So I just want to talk about that for a minute, because a lot of people think vulnerability is... I'm going to share all of the bad things that happened to me in my life. Please, please don't. And, you know, right? <laughs> please don't. I was just talking to my son about this because you know people connect on wounds. They're like, let me show you all my scars. And wow, you, you're crazy too. Oh, yeah. So that's not vulnerability. That means you have unhealed stuff that you're throwing out to the next person. And you're saying, here I am. Love me. Love me. Love me, <laughs> love me for who I am because I don't love myself. So it's, it's, there's a big difference between oversharing, which is actually a boundary crossing, and getting your stuff together so that you're not identifying yourself with the wounds that you have, yep. but you're identifying yep. as the wonderful person that you are. It is part of who you are. And I think what, what happens also with a lot of the women that come to me, and I'm sure you see the same thing, is they believe that showing vulnerability is a weakness and it's dumbing themselves down and it's saying my accomplishments don't mean anything. And what I tell them, and I'd love to hear what you say, is is it's not, it's, first of all, it's not dumbing yourself down. It's, it's showing the completeness of who you are and it's not leading with your accomplishments because that is not the totality of who you are. That's what you've accomplished in your life, but you are, you are greater than your accomplishments. And I used to do this. Like I, I growing up with a strong mother and becoming this person in my marriage, I, you know, I thought that men were going to be impressed with all the busyness in my life. And men were like, (laughs) they were not asking me out. They were like, I didn't think you could time slot me into your busy life. So, uh, you know, oh, but I yeah. took the oh, feedback. Yeah. I took the feedback. I was like, oh, that's not even really who <clears throat> I am. I just thought it was impressive. So, yeah, I'd love well, to hear your 
your point of view? Right, a couple of things is about vulnerability. <clears throat> you know, uh, is this, you, as you know, it's scary, right? And, it, and interestingly enough, get this: it's <laughs> vulnerability is exact. Well, I'll put it over here: masculine and feminine. Vulnerability is exact opposite of control. Now, I'm going to say this. It's going to trigger your listeners because they don't know me, right? But these are sort of like stereotypical um, male-female difference, right? Compete, conquer, control. There it is. That's masculine. Like the highlights, the basic, right? Compete, conquer, control. Fight, push, penetrate, plan, push, push, right? Make happen. It's, it's, it's forward. It's in your face. It's productive. It's making stuff happen. That's masculine. Right? Compete. <laughs> See how it goes? Conquer. Compete, control. conquer, control. <laughs> control was more feminine in three folds. People will get triggered. That's fine. Trigger all you want. Science, nature. Sorry. Blame God. To be feminine is to be passive, patient, and vulnerable. Those are feminine traits. Receptive, open, vulnerable, um, available to the masculine, available to the masculine. How available are you if you're showing up with your balls forward? And I mean by that is, you know, oh, I'm a CEO and I do this. Leave your balls in the car if you're trying to find out if you want to attract a male, if you're attracted to attract a girl with a penis, a boy, go ahead, show up with your power. That's not what men are looking for with a woman. It's interesting, but that's get to know you later type thing, but on a date, Especially the first, second, and third in my world is the most important. How you show up will, for him, like this, decide if you get a second and third. You, if you, you want to be the man, you want to be tough, you're going to be in his face, you want to pull your balls out. If he's a man, it's like out of there. Like, the hell is wrong with her? Where's the woman? Where's the vulnerability? Where's the openness? Where's the warmth? Where's the magnetism? Where's the softness? Where's the, you know, guys don't go to date because. I'm, I'm going to go off a little bit here again. So sorry. But, you know, <laughs> women, women, women approach dating like a job interview. Are you crazy? Do you think that's what he's looking for, to be interrogated? So, like, what do you do? And who are you? And what do you live here? And uh, you have kids, married, how many times? Like, what, what's wrong with you? Who's going to deal with that for one second? Not one guy. Not a masculine man. A, a young boy, a, a, a boy will let you run him over. And the more powerful you are, the more he goes, hmm, she can, she can make my life really easy. And it'll charm you. But a man is going to be irritated. If you want a man, somebody to negotiate with and manage all these things in between, right? You have to give him what he on that first date. He's not looking for your power. He's not looking for your accomplishment. Don't talk about work, right? Let him, if anything else, lean back. You said it before, right? I say this to them blue in the face. Don't lean in, lean back. You can lean all day long. That's what you do at work. In your entire life, you're leaning in. By the way, you're exhausted and you like to take a nap, but you can't. Way to go. Right? Like, you're going too fast. You're going too far. It's not good. Okay, never mind. So lean back with a man who you think might you're looking for to because he needs you to show up to show that you're easygoing, that fun, you know, passionate about something. He'll find out. He'll ask you. I just let it. Go, let him lead the evening. If he's a man, he's going to delight in that. He's going to think you're fantastic, right? And then, of course, it's very typical when you, and especially on the first day, because you know, you don't know each other and it can be awkward. 
right? You go for the, all the basic questions, right? So, you know, and so of course, within a minute, what do you do for a living? Don't go there. Yeah. It's, it's a natural question for anybody normal, but you could tell them what you do for a living, but don't pull out your balls. <laughs> don't get Sorry. that, you know, right? Like you could say, and if, you, and if it becomes the track, you know, like, don't go down that road because he's going to, all right, right? Like he's, now he's competing for whatever reason. If it doesn't feel warm, open, you know, like all the goodies looking for, like um, receptive, right? You just, ta-da, you man up. Well, men don't date men, typically. Hunters don't date hunters. Stop. You know, yeah. so how do you, anyway, so in my world, it's the first three days are crucial to be vulnerable, let go, lean back, let him find out what he wants to find out. And if you let him, he's going to ask a question, you respond, and he thinks you're fantastic. And he goes, I want more. Do it like a job interview. He gets in his car, because by the way, in the present, men don't really, in the present, men aren't challenged. Men aren't processing their present in a mm -hmm. day. So they're not really thinking as much as they are in the moment. That's what women do to us, by the way. That's why he's there. Please, <laughs> right? Don't send him back in his head. That's not why he's there. He's trying to actually feel something, and be, right? But when he gets in his car, it's when he gets his brain back. He dropped you off. That's what happened. And then he gets in his car, and he's driving. He goes, and now he's kind of going through the evening. How, how did that feel to be with this woman? It doesn't know you, by the way. So that's really, really important. Yeah. How does that feel to be with her? Right? And they usually go, oh, she's lovely, but she was cool, but pain in my ass. Never got to stop talking. Like, and again, I, I hate to say I'm being crass here, of course, on purpose. But like, if, if, imagine being the guy. Like, he doesn't know you. And you're mm -hmm. going to interview him? The guy who has, he has to decide that he wants you, right? You don't decide if the man's good enough for you. He comes after you. He has to pick you first. And then you decide if he's good enough. And that takes a little time. But he has to pick you first. You can't make a man do anything if you're the man. So show up like a girl. Like he has to go, wow, she's interesting. I want more. Not in the car too. and, and yeah. by the way by the way they always say you know because in the moment on the day they'll say stuff like get to meet you that was fun i'll call you back women like liar <laughs> no he gets back in the car he's thinking hmm, well she was lovely but right if there's a but your history and mm -hmm. because man is instinct again boys are different i have to keep saying this having a penis is i mean you have a man in front of you this different type and one that you have to avoid boys but anyway so if he's a man, our instinct is to provide and protect women, children, animals, whatever, right? It's instinctual to, to protect. Not one man will call you back to say, I don't like you, so I'm not going to call you back. And we're not going on a second date. It's impossible. So I'm not saying that ghosting is a good idea. I'm saying no man's going to do this. No one's going to call you and say, I said I was going to call you, but I'm not. No, right? So <laughs> he's not lying in the moment is when he gets his brain back. Typically, he's like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. I don't, you know, man. He's not going to, because a lot of you think he owes me at least to tell me the truth. No, he's not going to hurt you on purpose. He's not going to do it. Nobody with a brain. A boy will do it just to mess with you because they're nasty, narcissistic. But again, it's to tear you down. Man, can't do it. I just went up against those like Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Uh I had a couple thoughts while you were talking. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Fact, <laughs> factual data. 
Yeah. Right. So, so one of the things I was thinking about is something I teach my clients, which is when you talk about work, share why you love what you do. Like if somebody says, what do you do? So, you know, like if I said, I, I don't tell men I'm a dating coach because then the conversation oh my God. will yeah, go see, off the rails. Right? That's what I'm talking about. No one needs to know this. Not yet. Right. Not right. It's not. Soon. Right. Not yet. I don't share a lot of information right away. Good. But if I was to say, I will say I'm a life coach and I love it because I get to help make a difference in people's lives. That's all I'll say. Right. You know, so, that's that's what lights me up. I you know, know I, what do you... It's that you're passionate, the stuff you're passionate about is feminine, yes, and that exactly. sort of warms us up. So yes, but don't go down the channel of talking about what you do and what you're proud of doing because that's manly. Mm-hmm. That's that's the logistic of your life. That is not so. You so I have a client get this. She's a <laughs> forensic psychologist. Okay. So she deals with all the psychopaths who kill and hurt <laughs> right. and murder. Right. That's her, that's her job. Uh-huh. For Thirty years. Sexy. Yeah. <laughs> she can't say that out loud. All right. So what do you do? I was like, you know, like some forensic psychologists, right? Like dead bodies all day long. And, you know, researching the guys who like researching and, and researching these guys, she interviews the killers for a living. <laughs> not sexy, not feminine, not right. Really, she has to man up so hard just to be in the room with these guys, right? So and she can't, she got that thing, but she can come up anyway. So she says, but that's what I do. So what I tell him, I tell him in the medical field and you don't really want to talk about it. You're dating, you've been working all week. Yeah. But I'm in the medical field, you know, I'm a psychologist of sort and whatever, just water it down. Right. Right. And exactly. if you say to a man, I really don't want to talk about my work. I've been, I'm trying to, this is why I'm here. I've been working right. all week. Decompressing. And, and, and they totally go, oh, sure. And they, but help them keep you from going that way. And, or, but they will, because it's mm-hmm. normal and don't go up. Yeah. And, and a good man will typically go, so what is it that you're up to in the world? Like, what's your life looking like in 10 years? And what's your, like, what's your, what are you passionate about? What do you love doing, right? They want to know who you are, not what you do, who you are, not what you do. Right, who you it's are. part you of are. it. What you do is part of it, and it's going to be interesting later. But in the beginning, it's what kind of woman is in front of me? Right. Not what kind of so, machine is in front of me. So sorry. Yeah, no, no. I, so, you know, just to kind of pull it all together back yeah. to the topic today, which is what makes a man commit. It's like all these we pieces. Completely, right? Yes. No, no. I think we've talked about it, but we haven't actually said the word what yeah. makes a man commit. Um, so if you could just give us the highlights of what makes a man commit and what makes him walk away. So this is, I'm trying to make this short. Whew, that's a huge one. <laughs> <laughs> so because women and I, I get this i see it i get it i watch it happen right women have this idea that men are afraid of commitment men don't commit men are afraid of commitment yeah. if you leave men alone they they'll never want to get married they never want to take responsibility for anything they never <laughs> it's completely backwards it's the exact opposite men commit every moment of the day i can't get out of bed until i commit to get out of bed and get in front of the camera like to get anything done in the, in the world, I have to commit to it. You know, to get to work, I have to commit to get my ass up, excuse my French, you know, get in the shower, get ready, and get in the car and go. I'm committed to my job, so I have to do what I have to do to get to my job. And at my job, I'm committed to pursue the result of my paycheck. So every single, th- we can't do anything without committing to it first. Do you see it? Mm-hmm. We can't get, we can't do anything without committing. So committing is not the problem. It's not committing that's a problem, is 
what does it bring to my life? You know, if I get a job that's fantastic, I have good quality of life. If the job that I take on, because I decided that I was afraid that maybe I wasn't going to make it next month or whatever, I take a job that I don't like, that I don't want, but I have to survive, now my life is hell. And I have to rethink that commitment. And typically a job is not a big deal because the problem is we, <laughs> when you're working 40-hour week, it's hard to find a job because you're working 40-hour week. And I said, this is logistics of life. So I would say, like, be careful what you commit to because it's hard to undo. Now, one thing that men are really super aware of is the woman they bring in their lives because a good woman is a fantastic life. A bad woman is hell. So men are going to be careful with who they bring in their lives because a normal masculine male normally is very aware of that possible, like how, you know, how it's going to turn out. But he also takes that on as his responsibility. Like he's going to hold himself accountable for providing, being the man, lifestyle, right? Keeping her safe on some level. She could have her life, but like now it's on me to really make this all work together for us. Like it become, when you become a unit, you'll take that on like a pool. Provide and protect. Provide and protect instinct. Provide, protect, fix. Be the man, be the hero. He's putting his arms around the life, your life and his. Like you be, right? That's, like, that's huge. And you, you hear men say stuff like, you know, I'm not ready for marriage. What that means is he's not ready for marriage. He doesn't have enough stuff, you know, to keep you in a lifestyle that he decides or you decide what to get, that he can keep you in. When you take on a woman, you have to make the money for it or, again, lifestyle. You have to have the time for it. Do you know what I mean? You have to make it, even have a, having a girlfriend, you have to have a little bit of money to show her off and show her a good time and have the time to do it. If you're building something enormous, like guys don't have the time. I'm not ready. Or I'm not where I want to be so I can take care of you, us, and to give us in this lifestyle that I want. I'm not ready. Well, you love, you know, we love each other. I love you. I'm not ready. Right? So commitment is such a like, linear thing for us. And it's not, we're not committal. Like I said, we can't turn around without committing to turning around. It's not it. It's in the right realm at the right time when I have these things in place. And what's interesting is some men will not commit to a wife, to a woman, to take it on your life on top of his life. That's what it is. He's taking on your life with his. It's like a backpack. Do I, do I want to carry this backpack for the next 50 years? Not ready. I don't have... I'm not strong enough yet for the backpack. I don't have the resources. I'm still working on it. Interesting, right? So it's not commitment. It's everything he holds. It's part of what he holds himself accountable for. Just with that, with that action. Just for that, be my girlfriend. Be my wife. Life changes. Completely in his mind. He's got to take that. He's got to make that happen. He's got to make that work. If he's a man, if he's a boy, it's on you. Again. So that's a huge thing. And so what they do is, even when they take on a girlfriend and he's ready, it's like so interesting. Some guys will not take on the weight, the backpack of a relationship of a woman that he's responsible for until he's ready. And some guys, interestingly enough, that's typical. Some guys will actually understand that a woman, which is actually much more fun, honestly, I have to talk them into it, is that, you know, Get into the relationship, get on, get the bag, you know, get the backpack on your back and let her like, you guys could do it together. 
which is really the fantastic, the, the different dance that I, I, this is what, how we come together and help each other at both, you know, grow faster and really get sort of into that, that dynamic. Look behind me, ballroom dancing. This is my life with my mm. wife, oh, right? Nice. This, this is not separate. This is not, right? This is coming together. Ballroom dancers come together to create a new entity, right? So some guys, sometimes that caveman reflects, well, I'm not ready, is okay, but some guys are actually cool enough to understand a woman will help them get there. But there's a respect, there's a dance partner. Mm-hmm. You understand? So it's not the, the mistake that a lot of you know, culture is teaching this, so it's not everybody's fault, typically, but women think that, you know, uh, this man in front of them and her behind. So now the culture says, girl, get yours and get in front of him. Ain't working. If he's a man, he's going to go, girl, <laughs> move over. He's not going to tolerate that for a second, right? So I can look at the mistake. It's not him in front, you behind, or you in front, him behind. That doesn't, it's you next to him. It's partnership. It's side by side. It's pilot, co-pilot. Two different pieces, but essential for the plane, the fly. Driver, navigator. President, vice president, ballroom. <laughs> they're not doing the same thing, but they're completely complementary. They come together for the dance. Yeah. And you can't create, create such beauty on your own. You need somebody else with you to create this incredible thing. So people are missing this thing. You know, like he needs to respect me. You know, two different pieces, two different pieces. So it's like that commitment thing is interesting. So men will date you for two years or so, to see you go through all the phases of life, the stress, the unemployment, his stress, how do you respond, do you support him, do you get annoyed, like, and watch you literally, are you long-term material? Not that he's not committed, but the difference long-term is good life or a complete disaster. Yeah. And we can't really predict anything anyway, but I mean, it takes a little time. So commitment is like, how do you show up for him to take you on and vice versa. And then you get negotiate everything in between. Like <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to make it short. Yeah, no, it's uh, commitment is a big thing. And but you, I'm going to, so sorry, keep going. No, it's, I, I, I like that you brought partnership into this because I think a lot of people listening will think, you know, a woman has to defer to a man and a man has to be impressed by the woman and be her. She's vulnerable and he's never vulnerable. I think that it's, it's in any good partnership, and this is true in business too, you have to provide something the other person doesn't have in order mm-hmm. for it to be a great partnership. I've had partnerships in business where I, my boundaries course is, is co-led by a woman who's a martial artist. She has a background in physical boundaries and in social work. And I come with dating coaching boundaries and we complement each other. She's loud, I'm quiet, you know, and people <laughs> listen and they like one of us more than the other because they can relate to one more than the other. But we have this beautiful way of coming together with knowledge and wisdom that makes an entity that we couldn't do on our own. And I think that's true of any good partnership Mm -hmm. where you have to provide what the other person doesn't have in order for it to be of value. We're complementary. We're complementary. So it's not equality. It's complementary. This is Mm -hmm. complementary. A good partnership is complementary, whether it's a relationship or a business relationship, right? Like there's a, there's a, there's one that's more comfortable with this part. The other one's more comfortable with this part. You know, if you're shy, it's harder to get on stage, you know, 
and if you're like not shy, it's hard to quiet down. And like, like it's the, it's the, the two pieces that create something that wasn't there before. It's like, it's like a mastermind, right? Two brains are better than one. Like, so, and you notice every relationship that's healthy. I'm serious. If you really pay attention, every relationship that work is complementary. It's not competitive. It's not man on man. Yeah. This version of the pieces that I don't do well that she does or he does and vice versa is complementary. We're not pushing on the same thing. We don't force the same thing. We're like two masculine will butt, butt heads and push mm -hmm. whichever gender you are and two feminine just kind of look at each other and wait for somebody to do something. <laughs> Nothing happens. We need one of each and everything to flow. It's a flow. It's like ballroom dancers. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it's again, it's all nature. You yeah. can fight it all you want. I just go, go blame God, you know? And again, <laughs> and in between is all the negotiating, you know? It's not rigid. There's a system and a negotiation on every little aspects of it in between. I don't like when you do this. Well, you have a system I'm not comfortable with. Hmm. All right. Like, like this? <laughs> my, my favorite thing is women think men don't change. It's so untrue. You just, you have to learn to ask for correction respectfully so he hears it. If you're going to mother him, if you're going to point his finger in his face, if you're going to make him, it's over. If he's got any respect, it's over. He's going to push back on you even if you're right by the way even if you both know you're right he's going to push back because it's rude you can't talk approach yeah. this is so again it's another pieces that is missing you, understanding that you could take both on both sides men and women i could be a great guy and approach me a certain way and the beast comes up same same guy good guy most of the time say this to me beast and <laughs> guess what I, you see what happens to you Right, and then you'll find yourself like a covered in slime, going, "The hell!" <laughs> well, okay. you brought the beast. Now I don't want to bring out the beast. So we we both have the capacity of bring out the best out of each other, and same person, and bring out the worst out of each other. Right. So, Alison Armstrong is very famous to say, "Women who turn princes into frogs." Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you could, yeah. you know. Like frog farmers, frog farmer, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, some women bring the best out of men, and some mm -hmm. women bring the worst out of men, and vice versa. By the way, right? It's not. Like, but damn, the difference is same person. Yeah. Pig, good guy. And it's it's so much how we speak. I mean, I just spent a month with my daughter and her husband in Israel, and my three grandchildren. I got back on Wednesday, and it was just like watching them from like a fly on the wall, yeah. and watching a relationship, and they're young, and and the way that she sometimes talks to him is just she's leaving out a piece of the communication that she doesn't realize. Yeah. And so I would tell her, you know, you just asked him if he'd be available at five. He didn't know available for what like is that a hard a hard limit on five are you leaving the house do you need him to watch the kids i said you have to be that specific yeah, or he is doesn't he, know is he in trouble right so then right? she's pissed off because he comes out of his office at 5 20 and he was like oh i didn't know you actually needed me out of the room and watching right. the kids and right. so i said right. You've got, you've got to learn how to speak to each all other. All the pieces, all the pieces. Yeah, because they love each other. They Sorry. just don't always know how to communicate with each other. And so yeah. when you keep doing that, it erodes a relationship and you're like, yeah. why are you such an asshole? Well, no, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I just had no idea what you wanted. So right, it's like, right. so yeah, the more and, yeah, we it can takes, respect. It, 
it takes me back to this, right? Like, you know, to learn to be that graceful and beautiful, we see ballroom dancers, it takes years. Yeah. But, you know, in the beginning, they step on each other's toes. You know, yeah. in the beginning, she's like trying to help them, which means I've been there. This is my whole life, right? I get the elbow to the face because she decided <laughs> that she thought I meant this. Boom. Now I'm bleeding. <laughs> Don't try to help me, right? In this or the knee to the groin. Like, so like, this is like learning to do this stuff to become an entity really really blend in and really get committed and really be better together create something that fantastic together that didn't exist before we, be, we became the relationship there's a lot of adjustment and there's yeah. a lot of not knowing and there's a lot of assuming and all that stuff so it takes a these guys collided a lot before they managed and you watch him go on the dance floor, you go, oh my god it's so beautiful six <laughs> years of the making right, right. Not, two, not three weeks right that's relationship as well. You got to really get in there and, and figure out your dynamic and the way that you get it to flow, the move that you don't assume. And if you didn't get it, then, you know, my favorite is like people like, you know, you have to, learn to communicate and everybody's always communication is the key. Communication say, well, well, what the hell does that mean? Right? Like, because <laughs> people, I told them, yeah, but they didn't hear you. So you're not communicating. Like you can say whatever you want. If you're not getting the result, you're not communicating. Exactly. So it's not the words that you use. It's how you how you coming across. And don't assume that he's not listening. He's a jerk. He doesn't care. Right? It's him. Go, can I, go find out. So, babe, you know, I asked you to do this. You said yes, but you didn't. Help me understand. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, what? <laughs> Help me understand. Oh, like you had like your, your, your son-in-law, right? Like, oh, so you mean that five o'clock, like you had a plan? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Oh, well, you didn't say mm-hmm. that. Because yeah. if I had known that, I would have done that. Like, so, yeah. like, but people go right to, he's a jerk. He doesn't care. He doesn't respect me, right? Men going to, God damn, you know, I, I did it wrong again. I don't know why, but now she's mad and she's like, I can't please her. I can never do it right. But do, right. do, this, do this long enough, men leave. Yeah, and that erodes masculinity. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we can talk about this for another two hours, but we're not going to. Next week, until next week, we could go on. Yes. This has been very enlightening, as always, Andre. And uh, let let our audience know how they can find you. Oh, yes. So you could, if you go to my website, www. Of course, it's Project Equinox, E Q U I N O X dot net big difference net <laughs> um so my, my website is a, a bunch of you got this youtube videos this articles this blogs but um i offer everybody who's curious about the wor- my work if you go to there's a tab on the website it says contact slash uh, appointment i offer a free breakthrough call explorator explorator call to anybody who's been on your show is listening to me right now like so you could go to that tab um Book an hour. This is actually called a, a VIP breakthrough call. It go, takes you to my calendar. Book an hour that works for you. It'll, you know, we'll be get, both get a notice. And then, you know, we have a conversation. It's on me to see what's not working, what is it you want, and can I take you there? So it's a really interest. It's a really powerful call because I typically go right into childhood so you understand there's nothing wrong with you necessarily. It's what happened. And then there's a way out. I could, I could highlight and then was that you want so was that you want and go so it's a powerful call and whether we work together or not you know I'm happy to provide that for anybody who's curious 
because it's the not knowing in my world that makes everything fall apart. It's not knowing. I was going to say that earlier, but the, the part that hurts me the most, because women are in pain. Men are in pain differently. Men are pulled back and like isolated and, and lonely. So are women. But women are lonely and in pain when they can't get this figured out. And what I see is attract a boy, get your heart broken because they do everything, right? They take, they take advantage, they con, they cheat, they, right? Get a boy, get your heart broken. Recover, takes a year. You're still young. Come on. You know, there's got to be one. Go out there. Boom. Heartbroken. Another boy. Again, energetically, not knowing, understanding the mechanism. I see women can only take about, I want to say less, less than six. And they give up. Mm -hmm. They can't trust themselves. They can trust their hearts to know a good guy. They can trust. And there's only so many heartbreaks a woman can take. And then they give up and they go to the kitty store. They go to the kitty store and give up. Right. And isolate. And literally, it's... And I think it's terrible because, again, it's not their fault, but not knowing, you can only get hit in the face and hit in the heart so many times. And then they, they and I, you know, I've had clients, and one of my clients is 67 years old. She just realized <laughs> her, she came across one of my podcasts or a podcast that I was on, and she was like, ah. <laughs> and at 67, after a bunch of bad relationships, she's still on fire because she's still got 30 years to live or so. And she's like, right. that's a long time. I think I deserve it. And so that's what I'm saying. This is not knowing. Please don't give up, ladies. There's, you know, Sandy's here. I'm here. There's a bunch of us out there. Get some help. If manage, push your way. You know, it's for your life. It's your lives. You know, and it's just, it's just not knowing. Don't let it go. Keep yeah. finding, keep pushing, keep learning. I that's so it. agree. Yeah. Don't give up because there's a lot. We don't know. And it's like, you know, when you find out what you didn't know and you get the tools to do what you need to do, everything changes. So a little bit of of hope changes the entire life. I so agree. So thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your wisdom, helping so many women. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us. We are so grateful for every single subscription rating and review and we hope you go on your last first date very soon